Hey everyone, I'm Charlie Shrem, and this episode of Untold Stories is sponsored by BitPay, Electronium, and Permian Chain. Check them out more later in the episode. Oh my god. What's up, everyone? I'm Charlie Shrem, and this is Untold Stories. I'm joined today with a, a person who I hope could become a new friend of mine, Richard Ells, the founder and CEO of Electronium. Thank you so much for, for joining and coming on the show today. Hi, Charlie. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's very kind of you, and it's an absolute pleasure to be here. No, and it's not just you being a guest that I'm thanking you. I'm also thanking you for supporting this show because, you know, you guys have come to me and, and said, we love what you're doing and we want to support the show. And, and we're able to work together now on that. Um, but it's it, it's this is for me. Uh, this is my full time job. This is what I spent most, you know, my, all of my time doing. It's my passion. And when people want to support that, uh, you have a special place in my heart. So thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, so thank for those you. who don't well, know, we we passionate Sorry. No, I was just going to say. So, for those who don't know, this this uh, the show is produced in audio and video, so you can watch you can watch this on YouTube. We're we're going to get into the show in a second, and the show is also powered by Blockworks Group, my good friends. Uh, they have a media they're a media company with over twenty podcasts in their networks. Uh, all the podcasts are like friends of mine and, and mine, and also check them out at BlockworksGroup.io. And um, you know, I have to say, like uh, you. I love doing the research for this show and I love uh, when I don't um, when I don't know the person beforehand because it like gives me these fresh eyes. And so I was doing the research and when you guys uh, launched uh, Electronium, um, it was like the heat of the 2017 days. It was it was, you know, everyone knows what's going on. We're still trying to figure out um, those days. But you guys weren't the statistic. Like when I get out of jail, or when I, the day before you get out of jail, they tell you, hey, eight out of 10 of you guys are coming back, right? So that's what it was with the statistic, right? But you you look at, at your community, at your project, and uh, the first thing I wanted to ask you is, your community's so happy. How did, how did mm -hmm. you do that? Like, why are, like, you know what I mean? Like so many projects out of 2017 or 2018, or 19, everyone's like bitter and angry or whatever. Um, and it's not just about like, when I'm looking at the conversations, if I look at a Reddit post or something and I see 12 comments, it's not price related. It's about the project or the company itself. Uh, you guys have millions of users. I'm like shilling the company already, but it's not what I meant to be. The question about community, that's what I want to talk about today is community, social contracts. Uh, tell me how you feel about like, your community and how that's different because in your previous successful companies, you've, ne you've never really looked at like, we've never looked at like community as a, as an asset to the company. Is that kind of making sense? Yeah, it definitely is the case. Uh, my other businesses have got customers rather than mm. users in one of them, social media platform, but we do have users, but, but they've never been, they've never been a community. And, and the, the main Fundamental difference is that uh, Electronium and any task together, the sort of the ecosystem we're building is 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 a good thing. You know, it's actually it's it's crypto for good, which is which is really feels good, and I think the community feel good about it. Don't get me wrong; I don't think everybody's super happy about our price point, and uh, you know, I'm not in control of that price, uh, and you know, and the market will do what it does. But um, but. Underneath all that, what they've learned, and because of course those heady days of 2017, there were so many scams and there were so many, you know, just outright crazy ideas and goodness knows what. And I think what the community have learned is that we, you know, everything that comes to us, doesn't matter what hurdles there are, we, we will always uh, we'll always overcome them and the obstacles come at us and we overcome them. And 
we battle forwards and we're all about just building that ecosystem and getting real world use on the ground uh, and uh, and just making sure that we build electronium uh, and any task as a sustainable business uh, and and that's probably why they're they're happy because they know that I get up every day so does the team we have a, a, a grin on our faces and we get on with with our jobs because we feel like we're doing something good well this was the difference as I saw is that you created uh and you, you keep alluding to any task and uh, you created a, uh, a utility from the out from the outset you created a uh, a network uh, an infrastructure and platform of I know I just threw out all the buzzwords right but uh, essentially allows anyone to be able to come on and and uh, be it's a gig economy allows anyone to to create freelance opportunities and uh, to but it's not just that it's it's a marketplace and it's a way to use and to spend uh, etn. So it's like a whole like ecosystem in and of itself. How does how does that balance itself out? Like, is there uh, is there are there things, are there levers, are there metrics that you guys have to look at every single day to make sure that you're like on the right track? Uh, well, there are. We've got a vast amount of metrics, and one of the things that's really interesting about being in the real world, uh, and I say that in a sort of a, a funny accent, simply because. Um, when I say real world, most of cryptocurrency is still the world of speculators, and that's it. They, they, they might have some technological marvels, but but very very little cryptocurrency is actually used in the real world day to day. And because because we we actually have real world transactions, hundreds of thousands of people using ETN to, to to bleep to and fro, you know, moving ETN around in terms of moving value. That might be someone walking into a a store in Nigeria or getting a haircut in South Africa or, or uh, doing uh, buying food from a street vendor in Indonesia. You know, it's, it's literally all over the, uh, the world of the unbanked. People are using ETN and people are earning ETN through, uh, through that AnyTOS platform we just mentioned. So there's so many metrics in amongst it. But one of the things that we've learned and probably are one of the only companies that have ever seen this actually is we, we realized that the world of the speculators and the world of the real users uh, they are curiously connected without, without it necessarily being a direct thing. So if you look at the, the price of an equity, hmm. totally, totally built by, by the buying and selling of equities. But crypto has this weird thing where you've got the speculators driving the price, but the real users on the ground exchanging the value are not the speculators. So it's a sort of a weird, a weird place to be. But we see tons of use when the price goes up. That's literally so that's- the theme of the show. Um, that I wanted to talk to you about today is, you know, uh, every coin that I know of, most coins and projects that I know of, focus on the speculator. And here in this instance, you said, let's focus on the community and the user and the the actual utility of it. And I know that's like simplifying it a lot, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, do you think, do you think that you can have uh, a successful uh, ecosystem without uh, like catering to those speculators on day one, or does everyone need it to be like handheld the whole time? Yeah, it was a great question. Uh, there, certainly, certainly we need, uh, and, and my lawyers again freak out at the fact I'm saying it, but we need that speculative market. It I'll does say a couple it, you do things. need it, yeah. It does, the first thing it does is set a value, a market value for the commodity, which is ETN. So that sits there as, as and gets its real world value from there. But that's not the part that we're building on, bizarrely. We're, bu- we're building on the utility and the fact that you can send value around the world. Uh, and people might go, we well, can do that with a bank. We, but you just can't. You can't send 
$2 to someone in Nigeria right now. If you're in New York, it will cost you 30 bucks in a bank and the guy doesn't have a bank account. You know, so, so the, the crypto part of it really does solve a world problem, which is why we've built the whole thing. But at the same time, if, if one of the, say, for instance, we've got 140 countries where we've got uh, the ability to buy airtime and data for your phone directly from our smartphone app. So we've given an underlying real world value to, to ETN in 140 countries. So you could cash that out now, but you imagine you, you turned your ETN into airtime. Somebody is collecting that ETN. Yes. They want to turn that ETN almost certainly into dollars because that, that their business model is, is running an airtime company that they, they're not interested in crypto speculation or, or crypto in any way. They just want to use a new way of getting paid. So they take their ETN. And where do they where do they cash it? But well, the answer is it has to go onto that market. So we get this crossover between the real world user. So our real world users really don't touch crypto exchanges. But there's a secondary thing, which is they've spent it with someone who touches crypto exchanges. And the same thing goes: the person who earns their ETN on any task, they they get paid with ETN. But where did the ETN come from? Well, we bought it from an exchange. We, that's where we got it from to to, to pay them out. So. Uh, you know, there are touch points to the exchanges, but they're, they're one step removed. What I've been doing over the past few months with, with the show is I've been bringing on companies and projects that have been around for a few years that no one is really hearing about. And that is because, simply put, companies that are building and growing and doing the actual mass adoption are not the ones that are out there, you know, doing press releases and things like that and, and in the front of the news. So it's my job, I feel like, to like bring that into light. Uh, as of May 2018, you had uh, over a million users. What, what's that number now? Oh yeah, we, 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 I think we got 4.8 million registered. Oh my. Users, but chop those, chop those down. There's at least 800,000 bots in there. We've got, of course, about 2.8 million app users. So even if you said 800,000 was real, I would be just because you're talking yeah. to a guy who literally can count every person who knew what Bitcoin was on his fingers back then. So it's like insane. Yeah. So yeah. you have. All these people that are using, and, and so like, do you remember back in, in the early days, not the early days, do you remember back a few years ago, it was like, it's like, there was a joke was, why do I need a blockchain? Why do I need a blockchain? Why do I need a blockchain? This is the perfect example why you needed a blockchain. Because you have, you, you need the ability to have millions of people from thousands of, of different countries and cities and places around the world and in dozens of languages, you know, with all their different currencies, with all their different, what is value to them? Like mobile airtime to someone in Nigeria has more value to mobile airtime to someone in maybe Wisconsin, right? So there's like, you're creating, and the reason you needed a blockchain, a token is because without it, there was, there'll be no simple decentralized way of connecting everyone. Because if you, if you simply had said, okay, yeah, we'll do it with our own internal centralized token, then what's the point of doing what you did? You're just another Fiverr. And the point here, and I'm not preaching a little bit to, to the listeners, is that when you, this is, some people say tokens are scams. This is why, because when, when people know that they have this token, in their wallet, and it's not on a centralized custodial place. It's your, you've earned this token, you've earned this currency, and you can now spend it. It's a psychological thing. Uh, and that's where economics comes down to. So like, I'm answering that question for you for all those years. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it totally is. You're, you're absolutely right. All, all value of anything. Uh, the FCA just made a... Um, 
uh, decision yesterday in the UK. With the derivatives. Yeah, that's right, to, to stop the derivatives. Uh, and one of the things they said in there that was really interesting is that they said there is no inherent value to crypto assets. And it was an interesting turn of phrase because then what, what is the inherent value in my pound coin? Well, if, if I melt it down, it, it isn't worth a pound anymore. So there's no inherent value to it. There's a value that's attributed to my pound coin, which is the backing of the UK government. So that's oh. an attributed value. It's not an inherent value. So I don't think many things have inherent value. I don't think gold has an inherent value. I think food has an inherent value because we need it. We don't need gold. We don't need Bitcoin. We don't need pound coins. But we do. So there's no inherent value in any of those things. So, so what does have inherent value? Like what is the difference between you know attributed value? Inherent value, aren't they? I would have said if you gave a dog, if you gave a dog a, a bowl of food or a bowl of diamonds, it's going to go for the bowl of food. There's inherent value to it. But that's but a great we, freaking we, analogy. To the diamonds because they're shining and we like them, and it keeps our wives very happy. Yeah, yeah, it does. That's a great analogy. I'm going to use that. Um, what did you do before? You're like a first gen crypto. This is your first foray into the industry. What uh, what did you do before, and how? And what lessons like can you take out of that? That like help? Did you use as you know? If you're playing a video game, you have your backpack. You're like Zelda walking with your arrow. Like what did you have ready to in your in your backpack? My, I mean, I've been in uh, technology my my whole life. So I had a, I already had a couple of companies um, with with we had a development team and. Uh, uh, a reasonable sized team of people uh, working in those businesses anyway. So, and and we were all geeks. We were all just, we were nerdy guys that, that wanted to play around with blockchain and uh, and see what we could do. We started off melting phones, actually, trying to get proof of work to uh, to work on a uh, on, on an Android smartphone. Uh, and uh, the, the little chip didn't like it very much. But uh, No, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but we were doing all those kind of things, just, just, that's how we sort of started drifting in to uh, to the world of blockchain, and we um, uh, but, and I had mining rigs scattered around the house, and uh, and was was in uh, crypto to, to to mine it before before we decided. Oh, you know what? Actually, we should be doing something to make this simpler uh, because that was that was the key. To, the key to electronics is, is the simplest is the simplification of crypto. Two, it's only got two decimal places, so it hasn't got eight decimal places. We just shifted that decimal place along. So that sounds like a ridiculously stupid thing to, to say. You know, we're both intelligent guys. We sort of look at it and go, why would that make any difference? But, but it does. Psychologically, two decimal places people can get their head around and eight decimal places they struggle. But it doesn't, doesn't make any sense from a mathematical point of view, but it's just true. Uh, and then we did a few other things like instant payments. That was critical. So, you know, if you go to a food vendor and you want to buy uh, some food on a stick, uh, you, you you want to walk away with it now. I don't want to yeah. wait two minutes for confirmation. It's very uh, it's very interesting how how uh, the industry still looks at certain um, certain aspects of the early of the early like ethos of crypto, like instant payments. It's still such an important aspect, and that's what Satoshi really like pushed for was this ability to have like this uh, this currency. And what's 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 so cool is that Bitcoin till today, ten years later, uh, with and no one, I don't think anyone could have foreseen this experimentation of uh, you know, like actually a smart person would have foreseen this, you know, because it's the bagel theory. Uh, but essentially, like instead of having one chain do one thing or one chain do a lot of things, it's a lot of chains doing a lot of things and seeing what's working. So I don't think anyone could have foreseen that. 
But it's interesting how Bitcoin is looked at as this uh, one thing that does one thing right and that's it. And then you have these all these other projects and all these other um, uh, interfaces that it all kind of works out. And now Bitcoin is, is I feel like is becoming a, a value in and of itself, like a collector's type of thing because the scarcity. So the question I have for you is, is Bitcoin like attributed value or is it more inherent value? Well, I mean, from my point of view, uh, 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 you know, again, mathematically, uh, uh, I think as long as someone attributes that, as long as we, as long as we believe in the U.S. government, as long as we believe in the British government, then the, then the, the the fiat currencies have some value. So it's all right saying, oh, well, Bitcoin doesn't have any value, but that's ridiculous because people are giving it the value by by buying it, trading it, and and using it. So so we so it has oh. value whether you like it or not. You you can't say it's got any less value than a US dollar because people like US dollars, use US dollars and have US dollars exactly the same as Bitcoin. Neither of them have inherent value. Okay, come on. This is so cool. This is the new BitPay card that I have in my hand, and I'm so excited to be finally having the new one that just came out. Now, guys, I've been using the BitPay card since 2016. Yeah, you heard that right. Way before I started Untold Stories, way before BitPay became a sponsor of mine, I've been using this card, and it literally became a way for me to have a bank account uh, for many, many years, as, as a lot of people in crypto need banking, need better banking. The BitPay card is chock full of the coolest features. It's got contactless pay, uh, better rates and limits, no fees to convert from Bitcoin right onto the card, added in chip security. I mean, it's sexy. It looks good, unlike other cards. It's so easy to get. Just download the BitPay app on your phone, click the card icon, and you can do it right there. If you use the promo code CHARLIEJUNE20, your card is free. Remember, CHARLIEJUNE20. 20. It's in the show notes. You can get a free card. So literally, just from listening to my show today, and make sure you actually listen, you can get a free card just by entering that code. So download the BitPay app, get the coolest card on the market, the best card on the market. I've been using it for over four years now. I know there are so many cards out there, but the BitPay brand is the oldest and longest running Bitcoin company in the world. I mean, that's who issues this card. This is the card you want to have. Remember, Charlie, June 20, download the BitPay app on iOS or Android to sign up for the new card. You're going to freaking love it. I'm really excited when I get to talk about projects and companies that have been around since the early days of crypto and supporting those projects. In many parts of the world, banking services simply haven't advanced at the same rate as the adoptions of smartphones on the internet. Uh, Africa, Southeast Asia, it's, they're skipping entire financial services over, they're skipping people over, and they're not even building out that infrastructure until cryptocurrency. We all know this, we've been hearing about it for so long. Electronium, a company based in the UK, decided to build an entire ecosystem based off of financial inclusion, empowering people, getting them involved, not just by working and by earning, but also by spending and being part of that community. Anytask.com is a company that's powered by Electronium, over half a million users, and you have the ability to do all these freelance projects, earn money, earn their tokens, and not only just earn ETN, but also be able to spend it on all these different things. What's what's crazy is that, and what's crazy good is that it's a, any task is attracting not just crypto people, but actual talented freelancers 
that are willing to take ETN in return for doing all this work. It, it's literally created this whole uh, ecosystem. And the thing is, it's not been just like a new novel idea. It's been around for a while. They're doing it. They're growing every single day. They're doing uh, millions of dollars in transactions. You got thousands and thousands of different people on the platform offering different services. And you should go check it out. It's it's so cool. The staff are great. The people are great. Everyone on the platform is so cool. Uh, according to ETN Everywhere, their official merchant directory, uh, ETN can be spent in over, I think it's 2,000 physical locations and online locations worldwide. You're talking about uh, in 140 countries, mobile airtime, um, shops, TVs, all these different things, not just being able to spend it. And so check them out, Electronium, anytasks.com support my sponsors they're so cool and i'm excited for you guys to check it out oh my god there are hundreds of blockchain projects out there but one thing that unites them all is the need for power think about that the the need for mining uh whether it's for staking or actual proof of work mining they all need power at the same time many oil and gas projects not crypto projects but oil and gas companies they're wasting the gas they extract because it's too expensive to pipe it to the market so here we are, we have two problems and a perfect solution. Permian Chain places industrial grade data centers. They're mining for Bitcoin and crypto at these spots. They can offer blockchain projects abundant processing at a reasonable price. And that's what they do. They're giving crypto asset miners an efficient way to, to mine. They're giving companies that need power to secure their blockchains the ability to have uh, resources and oil and gas companies get revenue. It's so cool. They think it's a neat way to get together. Make sure you check them out, permianchain.com or permianchain.com forward slash Charlie. Do you do you uh, do you still get people ask you this question, like why you're in the space, why you're in crypto, what are you doing here? Yeah, I think, but a lot of people, as soon as you're in, as soon as people think you're in crypto, that that automatically just means that they think that you buy, sell, trade. Whole they do. Business. Why do they think that? They don't. People don't realize there's an industry. I keep talking about the industry, the the community. Like, what are you talking about? Like I, there's no, I, can you help me? I, I try to explain to people how this industry is like my life, my love, my do this show. It's like, here I am talking to the community, the industry. It's like, it's all I got. And I'm like, what are you talking, what industry, what does that even mean? There's like, you, no one really understands like you're a part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah, I think this is the one thing that's really nice about the crypto community. I mean, you started this off by talking about community and, and how our, our community are quite happy. Um, certainly, certainly there's some passionate people out there uh, and. And we're passionate people in our business. Uh, if 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 all I was doing was you know some some of the things that have been tokenized, you, you've seen them. You know, the tokenized yeah. haircut, just tokenizing the most random crazy things. I, I saw an ICO raise two million dollars, and it was uh, uh, telephony on the blockchain. We're going to put blockchain telephony, and it's just what does that mean? I read the white paper, and just didn't, didn't even make any sense. And I thought, who are these people putting their, putting their hard earned ETH into it? But but they did. There was a guy uh, who was trying to put like auto parts on the blockchain a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. All those things that you just don't need to do it with. And it's sort of frustrating. Like dating apps, dating on the blockchain. Like, well, but, but, why? but why? I do think a crypto dating site or like a like a like an app, like in Tinder, if they if they if they let you put like uh you know, I actually I'm lucky because I I started dating my wife right when that whole internet dating world came about. So I didn't have to like deal with it. But if there was like a way to be like, I'm into crypto or something like that. And that would be a whole thing. That would be cool. Yeah. Swipe right. Swipe right yeah. for Bitcoin. Swipe left for, for Ripple. Yeah. No, that's it's a great crazy. idea. 
Uh, I suspect somebody's done it. But of course, what you have got with all apps, including our app, every app, uh, you there's no such thing as a decentralized app. I mean, everyone talks about dApps, which is of course decentralized app, but they're not on Apple and they're not on uh, they're not on uh, Android. So, so the, the, you have to have a registered entity to have an app. So, as soon as you have an, an actual app, you have to have somebody that sits there uh, uh, running that. So, so if you had a Bitcoin wallet app, it would be the Bitcoin wallet app that the company that, that runs it. There, there, there can be no true decentralized Bitcoin app, for instance, as much as I would love there to be. But Google and Apple would never let that happen. Yeah. Do you, what do you think of the whole monopoly right now? What's going on with Google, Apple, Facebook, you know, basically uh, being these young, scrappy startups that are now these mega monopolies that really control like end to end of the user. Like, yeah, is well, the way we look at the world of monopolies like different? Are we looking at like monopolies the wrong way? No, I don't think we are. I think that competition is always good for the consumer. And, uh, and when you have too much power concentrated in one place, you do have a tendency to, to, to have problems. And I, and I think that what we've seen with, uh, with uh, Epic Games, with Fortnite, where they pulled their product from the App Store because the App Store had their arm up their back and said, no, you, you won't, you're not allowed to take payment in any other way other than through us. And this is how much we're going to charge you, which is quite... Yeah, like 30% or something like that. Yeah, I mean... So if you if you walk into a if you walk into a shop a physical premises store uh, they've got a, they've got a host of different merchant services they could use and they probably end up paying one and a half or or two percent uh, uh, of the of the of the cost you know if somebody buys something in that store and that's because there's a wide market and there's plenty of choice and the the uh, the merchant can choose who they go to well when you've only got Google and you've only got Apple and they both charge exactly the same amount uh, by some random chance. Uh, it seems it seems uh, contrived, and it seems grossly unfair to spend thirty percent. But don't get me wrong; they have to build the network, they have to build the underlying operating system, etc. So, so it, it, one and a half, two percent perhaps would be unfair. But thirty percent, you know, these guys have to build an unbelievable game. So yeah. that's not an easy thing to do. So I don't think it's fair, and and I think it's difficult because the larger they get, the less chance of of having any competitors there is. But that's kind of like where the money transmitter world, you know, started too. It's like they created all these laws around their own roundtable to protect, uh, protect their their competitive edge. And that's like, so the question is like, is that capitalism? So taking a step back is like talking about like social contracts and and things like that in, in the world that we're in today. Uh, has the world, in your experience, uh, how how has it changed? Like not just. I know it's a stupid question, like with COVID and stuff like that, but let's let's get specific, right? So, how what type of decisions do you think you're gonna you have to make now running a business that you wouldn't have had to make before? And I'm just talking about like cleaning and and being sanitary, but just like people as it relates to people and humans and, and your customers and your users and things like that. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, I mean, I, I found it very very hard at the beginning of this COVID thing. I, I've always had an office full of people. And, and I would be in amongst that. And I, I'm not somebody who sits in, a, in an office, you know, partitioned off from the rest. I've always been amongst the people. So I, I found it very difficult. Uh, but interestingly, I would say that, that, that this has been a really good experience for me because it's forced all the company to work from home, which was something I was dead against at the beginning. But we, we learned how to make that work. And through learning how to make that work, I suddenly realized myself, I'd, I'd been really blinkered 
to, to our talent pool. So our talent pool only came from, you know, a, a small geographic area around the town where we had our office. But actually, hmm. you know, we've got the whole of the country. And then you think a little wider, you've got the whole of the continent. And then you think a little wider. The whole of the world. So bearing in mind, I had a freelance platform. It's sort of crazy that I was constraining myself geographically, but but yet I was. So so it's it's been really good for the project. We've 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 expanded our uh, horizons, and we've got some really great talent coming on from other places, which is which has been really good. But uh, but but you know, at the same time, uh, I have other businesses where we see. So we I've got a, a digital agency that we've run for twenty years, and wow. uh, and that's has mostly very small businesses as, as clients. It, it was always a low-cost agency. And so we see some terrible things. All the time we're seeing cancellations. And of course, that's bad for us as an agency too. But but I look at it and just think, cracky, the human cost there at the other end. If, if we're charging a tenner or something a month for, for hosting an email and things, and you imagine they, they've cancelled that. That's the, that's the last, that's the, their business is, is gone. You, you know, if your email and your website are gone, you're probably gone. You're screwed. So we, we, Every cancellation, I think yeah, there's a human story there that's that's quite horrible. I remember very distinctly growing up. Uh, this is stupid, right? But I remember like having to, in elementary school, bring a question home to my father. It was like quite like like Q and A your father or your mother like at work, like whatever, like you know, tell me about your job, and you have to like read it to the class. And uh, my father uh, is a or was a jewelry manufacturer, and he in the early days. Uh, this is like 10 years ago. I don't know why this question was even asked, but the question was, how important is the internet to your job? And I remember my dad saying, like, I might as well just like not even go home, not even go to work. But most, but a lot of the students in my class, the internet has no involvement in their day to day, like all their jobs, like, you know, lawyers and doctors and stuff. But nowadays, everyone would answer the same exact way. You can't even get into your office building without the internet. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It absolutely is. Yeah, I, I mean, our, our um, so the freelance platform we've got uh, any task. So it's any task because you can buy any task, right? So anytask.com. When we when we envisaged it, uh, we didn't realize it would be as successful as it is, and and that's that's a great thing. But what the most exciting thing for us is the is the feedback we're getting from people. So because it's people that could not necessarily have, have, have freelanced before, but that doesn't mean that they're not. Capable people. If you imagine, say, for instance, the whole of Cambodia, um, is it, it, you can't open a PayPal account there. So if you can't open a PayPal account, you can't get paid for the likes of Fiverr. So if if suddenly you know you're a really digitally savvy person sitting in Phnom Penh, uh, now oh actually now I can earn a, an additional uh, yep. revenue with my awesome design skills or whatever. But the but the person who's buying them is also buying cheaper design skills. So. I think it, we've launched that at the right time. This whole COVID thing, where people are looking at cost savings and uh, and uh, making their business more efficient, yeah, I think it, it's worked at both ends. It's worked for people earning and for people buying. I I agree, especially like with people staying home now. You've been able to give um, so many people different jobs. What's your user base look like? Where I remember talking to to Paxful, and he said that. His biggest, uh, when you talk about remittances, he was having like India to Nigeria, and I and I just like what you know. But so, what? Tell me about your user base. Yeah, well, the user base is mostly uh, from that sort of developing world. Uh, well, I think we've got loads and loads of users in Nigeria, in Pakistan, in, in India, 
across Eastern Europe, uh, Indonesia. I mean, so we, oh, South America, loads of loads, loads of users. 535,000, I think, registered users last time I looked. Wow. And 16,500 tasks are live on there now. So huge, huge numbers. Uh, and and, and we're, we're, we're actually we're just putting together a TV advert for, for the United States, actually. So, oh, uh, cool. We, we should uh, hopefully get that live for the, for the new year, which would be really nice. So, so any tabs? More buyers in. Because the buyers can use a credit card. They don't need to be crypto smart. They can use a credit card to buy a service. It's just the magic at the back end that, that turns it into ETN. So that's what I'm getting at here. It said, you know, someone one day will see uh, a commercial advert on TV, you know, for any task. And it doesn't sound like a crypto company. It, the, the, the company actually sounds like what it does, any task. It sounds like a company where I can get any task done. This is how we're going to get mainstream adoption with crypto. Like, that's that's what we've been saying for years. It's like when the companies that are using it are the ones you don't even know or it's like at the outset and it's like they're using it for its utility and its product. Like here we are. It's crazy. Like almost 10 years later and we're getting to that point, but we're still not even past that innovator stage, I don't think. No, it's, it's a tough one. And, and, and a lot of that has been through fear of crypto. I know this because I thought if we just built the underlying uh, payment system, then we could encourage people to, mm. to adopt. Uh, but the difficulty you have is the fear of crypto and the fact that it's still badly uh, legislated for and badly regulated. So uh, we, we went out to all the people, people per hours and the Upworks and the freelancer.com. We went out to these people and, and tried to reach out to, to get them to have paying out with ETN as an option because then we could have promoted them. We'd have been quite happy to do so. But they obviously have banking relationships and the banks are mostly still anti-crypto. And uh, as and some of them are in countries where they where crypto is still loosely defined, so they're, they're just too fearful. They, they'd already got a very large, uh, profitable, established business, so they were too fearful to get involved in crypto, which was quite an interesting thing. Uh, and but so we then thought, well, okay, we'll we'll build one ourselves, which we've done. What's then been the benefit is we then built it with the unbanked in mind. So we took the the one we took the massive. Uh, uh, profit that the that some of these guys make five five are charged twenty percent. So for every fifth uh, every fifth job that you do on Fiverr, one of them you've done for Fiverr. You know, so that, that's how a lot of people see it. Fiverr take twenty percent plus there's some transfer fees as well. So we didn't charge them anything. So the sellers don't have to pay anything at all, uh, and the buyer has to pay a small fee six percent. Um, uh, for for bias, so, it's so more you're f- charging to get into the ecosystem. But once you're in the ecosystem, you can be a part of it, and and there's no like I, I like that better because you allow more like disenfranchised people to be involved that don't have to like pay access, and then you prevent potential like uh, gig workers who could do uh, you prevent people who would do a worse job but who have the money to buy in. From coming in, then it's like someone who could do a great job who may not be able to afford that, that same thing. So it's really great that that's happening. Um, where where do you see uh, the issues? Like, so I can name you, and I'm not going to do it. Like five companies that are try to do what you, what you're doing now with any task um, in the crypto space and not in the crypto space that have failed. Why? Like what? What do you think? Is there a common denominator? And, and is that like, is some it a general? Ones you're of, and I probably know a couple of the ones you're thinking of, but some yeah. of the ones you're thinking of, are, I really liked the concept of, I'm a, I'm a crypto guy, you're a crypto guy. 
we love the idea of, of what it is and the freedom that it is and, and all those things that go with it. But, but nearly all, in fact, I think all actually, all of the pure crypto plays uh, that, have, that have tried to come into this uh, freelancing uh, area had had two major problems. The first major problem that I saw was that they were crypto to crypto. So you had to convince an agency in New York that's buying these things or or, or, or a grandma who wants a photo edited, you know, in in uh, in Australia, to to go out, buy some Bitcoin, swap it for another crypto, send that crypto across. It was too confusing. There was no way yeah. they were ever going to do it. So the barrier was too big, and they launched as their whole project was the freelance platform, and so they hadn't got the user base. So they they were then stuck to get the initial impetus to get the users on. So because we had that massive user base anyway. We took on, in the first week, we, we had something like 25, I don't know, we maybe even had more than that, 50,000 people or something visited the site wow. in the very first week, just from 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 one from us mentioning on our social media and things. So we had a huge user base initially, which is always going to help any project. And we unlocked that system to enable uh, people to buy with their credit card like they were doing anyway. So everybody who buys from people, brow, whatever. Is, so is that's easy. how you got it in. You weren't selling crypto for credit cards. You were selling uh, access. And then and then it's like you're preventing. No one's going to want to like be a scammer in that sense. No, not, oh, and it, it, it was protected on the platform as well. More, that's more, so cool. So, so you know, if, if, the, if the seller makes a rubbish logo and they don't do what they said they were going to do and you're disappointed, you, you just, we've got 24-7 support, seven days a week. They just go, I don't really like this. I, I feel like I've been scammed. And a person would take a look at it and go, yep, you're absolutely right. And they just get a refund back on their car. So, you know, uh, and, and then we'd go back to the seller and we'd say, look, you know, you, you really need to deliver. You, you said you were going to deliver vectors and that wasn't a vector. You know, we'd, we'd try and educate them at the same time. Uh, but, but, but then what happens is we've got a star rating system. So the good people float to the top. Yeah. So then you don't end up buying rubbish. You end I've up noticed. I like that, how it all works out so perfectly. Uh, what is your goal? How many users do you want to have in, in the next year? Uh, well, uh, as, obviously, as many as we can get. I mean, we're, That's we're a great answer. We're definitely aiming to go, to go past the 1 million user mark. The TV campaign going into next year uh, is because the way we look at it, Fiverr do more than $100 million a year on their platform. If we can achieve within 12 months 5% of that uh, by introducing a whole new, uh, whole new, well, bear in mind there's more than a billion unbanked in the, on the planet. Yeah, we can introduce a whole new market, which is a cheaper, brilliant market. We introduce a whole new market to, to the Western world. Can we unlock 5%? I believe we can. Five million a year doesn't sound like a great so. deal, but in crypto terms, the, that is absolutely unheard of. We're already the most, without a shadow of a doubt, it's the most successful freelancer platform that's crypto-powered that's ever that's ever launched. But 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 getting 5 million turnover within 12 months, that's that's what I'm trying to, to do. How me. can listeners follow you and, and see what's going on and keep updated? Uh, well, go and have a look at anytask.com. And, and uh, if you want to buy a logo for 10 bucks, trust me, you're going to get a good one. It's amazing. So go and have a look at that. There's animations and all sorts, loads of things. I need a logo Photos done. restored, do it. But at the same time, take a look at electronium.com. And that's the underlying payment system that, that we're using to, to make everything work. That's the the, the 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 machine under the hood. Richard, thank you so much for taking the time today and coming on Untold Stories. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Much appreciate your time. Have a great day.